And I help put people back in touch with their power because custody is about who makes decisions about the children. Property division is just who gets what, right? Alimony and support, same thing. Who pays? Like yeah. who supports our children financially? So if you shift the language and help people, re- and so I help people realize, oh yeah, I have a lot of intrinsic knowledge here. That's really important to moving forward. Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. Certified divorce coach and credentialed mediator Paulette Rigo invites you to grab a favorite beverage, find a cozy seat, soothe your soul, and take a listen. This podcast was created and inspired by our courageous journeys, love for connecting with others, and having meaningful conversations that teach, impact, and heal through sharing our stories. In each episode, Paulette will be joined by some of the most experienced and compelling experts in all things divorce and transformation. Listen to prepare and thrive through the toughest chapters as we reveal our hardships, celebrate our lessons learned, and see the future clearly with encouragement, hope, and joy. Leave feeling empowered and prepared to approach life and maintain our dignity no matter what. Each podcast episode focuses on sharing real conversations from real life situations. Isn't it time you thrived? Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project, the podcast. I'm Paulette Rigo, your host. And today I am really excited to bring to you an attorney, an expert in all things divorce, and she is transitioning her legal practice to one of being a divorce consultant. Her name is Kim Corvin, and she's from Canada. And her and I have been working together over the last few months, transitioning her business into what it used to be, to where it's going to go, to help so many women and couples transition their confusion into clarity. Welcome to the show, Kim. I'm thrilled you're here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Paulette. My honor. Well, let's start a tiny bit of your backstory. So the people who don't know you like I do and others that are just curious can learn a little bit about why you decided to become an attorney and and your backstory of saying, you know what, this is no longer feeling right. I'm going to take it a little bit different and pivot. So share with us. Well, I kind of thought about becoming, and we call them lawyers in Canada. I thought about becoming a lawyer when I was 16 and thought, who wants to be a lawyer? I'm from the farm and it just wasn't. And then when I was 20, I thought about it again because I did some youth exchanges in there and had started university and thought, no. And then when I was about 25, I signed a timeshare contract that I later regretted signing. And, and I, and I just, I felt such shame. I felt like I'd been taken when I didn't have the financial resources to do it. It was a very sophisticated operation and I didn't know better. And I, I didn't ever want to be taken again. So that was the push to start Mm -hmm. law school. Mm. And, and I discovered I really loved the law. Well, I can relate on a tiny bit. Many years ago, I too was one of those uh, victims of a timeshare and uh, didn't know what I was getting involved in. But aren't there so many millions of people out there that find themselves in 
shall we say, situations that they just don't know the law or the ramifications of signing your name away or your life away, or maybe, depending on the situation as we both <laughs> laugh, right? Although it's not so funny, Kim. It's, um, it's scary. So here you are now in law school studying, you graduate, <laughs> you pass the bar, and you've been a successful attorney for how many years? I was an attorney for close to 25 years. And in that time, I should say, I became a mediator in 2004. I went, I'd been an attorney then for nine years and I went to, to Boulder, Colorado and I studied at CDR Associates. Yeah. So I could be a mediator as well as a lawyer. Well, you know, I didn't even know what a mediator was, Kim. Like how green do we and the general public, not, no offense, everyone join the club, but um, you know, we just don't see that there is a, a gray area. It's either... DIY, like pro bono, mm -hmm. as they say, right? Like wing it, um, walk up to the judge and say, hey, this is the real story. And whether that be divorce and my goodness, mm -hmm. how many different practices of law are there? Family law, criminal law, immigration law, reproductive law, surrogacy law, adoption, real estate, will and estate planning, tax, bankruptcy, business, et cetera, et cetera. Employment, contracts. It's not, I had property. no idea. Yeah, it's, it's, there are probably as many types of law practice as there is medical practice. And that may be a whole nother conversation, but we don't necessarily see that, oh, well, there's something between winging it, going on your own and, uh-oh, have to engage with the official process of engaging with an attorney. But there is, right? So, so you yourself said, I don't want to be an attorney anymore. I want to mediate. Or what was that wake up call? Well, I, I had a client, the first small claims trial I ever did, we were successful. And I was really excited because it was my first trial and my client won. I was a good advocate and he was unhappy and I couldn't figure it out. But it was, and then it came to me, it was his interests weren't, weren't met. And once I could talk to him and say, well, why did you sue these people anyway? Yeah. And, and we got back to that and then he was perfectly fine. And it really hit home to me that even if you win, when you go to court, you're not happy. That was kind of a, that was a turning point for me. And that was very early on in my career. The other thing was, even as a law student, people would tell me about their disputes mm -hmm. and I would say, oh, you need to go to court. I wasn't very popular in my family doing that, right? People don't want to go to court. <laughs> And it surprised me as a law student and I since understand, but. Yeah, it's terrifying. I was the little girl that wanted to be Jane Pauley. I did not want to be Perry Mason. When I saw the TV show, mm -hmm. I don't know how old I was, but that show would come on with the daunting, dun, dun, like, I don't remember the yep. theme music, but it was scary. <clears throat> and it was kind of in black and white sepia. And I remember seeing the courtroom, of course it was, you know, 1970s drama, but it was scary and I would change the channel. I had no interest in court drama. I knew nothing, but here I was personally going through my own eight and a half year litigated trial and appellant process and was thrown into this journey myself after having been a serial entrepreneur and thought, oh my, this is a deep a complex 
a mm-hmm. world that so many people do not understand. So with that said, now that you've gone to law school, become uh, a family law attorney, and now a mediator, at what point did you say, no, I don't want to do this anymore? Well, I actually, I started my own firm in 2004. I stopped going to court then because people have a hard time paying you. Mm. And it was in that time that I started realizing that my marriage wasn't a good place, wasn't a healthy place to be for me or my kids or my spouse. And I discovered I was terrified of what I had gone through with my clients. Yeah. Because I had seen it. Now you are the client of the, you know, you're now come full circle, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm now what pro representing myself. And uh, what, at what point does art imitate life or life imitate art? I don't Mm -hmm. know those of you that know (laughs) that expression, right? But, or law imitate life or life imitate law. Mm -hmm. So now over the last few months, you, you really made a concerted effort of streamlining your business. Tell me a little bit about now the gentle way divorce. I love that name. What does that mean? What does that brand or should I say platform mean to you? And how do you best describe that to someone that says, I need help? How could you help me? What is it that you can do for me? I really, I help people approach divorce actually as a life event. Mm. Because when you think, when you get engaged, you don't run out and get the marriage license right away. You don't take care of the legalities first. You take care of the life stuff first. Yeah. And I help put people back in touch with their power because really custody is about who makes decisions about the children. Mm-hmm. property property division is just who gets what mm. right alimony and support same thing who pays like yeah. who supports our children financially so if you shift the language and help people re- and so I help people realize oh yeah I have a lot of intrinsic knowledge here that's really important to moving forward now the gentle way I was competitive in judo when I was a teenager, and judo is a martial art Japanese. Judo means the gentle way in English. Hmm. And there's, there's two principles. The first is maximum efficiency and minimum effort. Hmm. And the last one is mutual welfare and benefit. Hmm. And how, what I describe what I do is basically I give families the opportunity to build peace through better conversations you know, and keep their kids front and center and, and get good results quickly, efficiently, and for less money than going to court. Mm. I could not agree with you more. You are singing to the choir. It is imperative that people see that, you know, there are those cases, absolutely, that don't have a choice, whether there be domestic violence or abuse or, you know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are cases that cannot be mediated because one side is just off their rocker, uncommunicative, unwilling, Mm -hmm. we say entitled, stubborn. You could probably add 34 more words to the list of personality issues and concerns and traits. But for the most part, 
you know, there is a better way. There is a more gentle way to approaching separating a family, custody, child support, division of assets, and spousal support are the four major hurdles, right? And Mm -hmm. if you can have conversations about what is best for the children and who's going to pay for what based on who can and what, what we own, whether it be a car, a house, a boat, 43 planes, I don't know. Uh, you know, some of us own a toothbrush and a pair of Calvin Klein's and others own, you know, trust funds and all kinds of crazy stuff. So you have to take each case individually. But with that said, if you can continue the conversation about, hey, this is the bucket. What's equitable? What's equal? What's fair? What's what do fair? We need? Yeah. What's then lastly, you know, what are your skill sets going forward with being able to support yourself and continue the family? That's really what it boils down to. And if you can continue to have those gentle, those better, mm-hmm. those more advantageous conversations, I would assume that the, the percentage of amicable results are quite possible. Well, and what's interesting, so part of reclaiming me after my marriage ended was I took my kids, they were four and nine, we moved to another city, and I started the master's program at the College of Law. Mm. And I'd been out of school for 15 years. I ended up for a couple of professors doing some research on collaborative dispute resolution mm-hmm. in businesses. And there I was, the good little lawyer, reading that 90% of commercial disputes are solved without lawyers. Mm. And my first thought was, don't they like us? (laughs) (laughs) That's up for another podcast. Exactly. But it really got me thinking. And it also has me thinking, so why can people in commercial disputes solve disputes through conversation? without lawyers, but we can't do it in our families. Mm. And families deserve better. And I mean, in part of my approach is I understand the legal system, which I don't have it up on a pedestal. I understand how it can create some of the problems. Mm. So true. And so it's when you intersect with it at the right time, you need to be confident when you intersect with the legal system. And that's what the gentle way does. And sometimes I do the mediation. Sometimes I work with the woman to get her in a space where she's feeling confident and knows what she wants and has a voice. Mm. Well, one of the things I find that is so brilliant or what I call your genius zone is this Mm -hmm. script that you've created, a divorce script, or dare I say, how to tell your spouse your marriage is over. So without giving away, you know, the secret sauce, as they say, how do you approach the conversation? Can you summarize that very challenging conversation? And of course, this is a PDF and something that people can find on your website when they engage on learning more about you. And I will give that information, of course. But so I want that. If I would have known you, back in, I don't know, 1857, back when I needed to have this conversation with my spouse. So how do you tell your spouse the marriage is over? Uh, You don't say you're a piece of 
S-H-I-T. <laughs> no, I wouldn't <laughs> advise that either. Yeah. No, no, no. Somehow that gets in the way. It's really about evaluating without any kind of emotion. What is the state of my relationship? And that's what those eight questions are designed to do. Mm. Now, of course, when I was thinking, do I stay? Do I go? There I was, the good little lawyer living in my head, the good little attorney, very logical. And I used the process. I asked myself those questions and went, oh, this marriage hasn't been working for a long time. And one of those questions is, what are your best memories? So you start from the high point. So you're not pushing the person away. Mm -hmm. It's and. And part of what I said was, we're not bringing out the best in each other. Yeah. It's and a hard kids, thing to say to someone though, right? It's, it's right. But I have to say in all of the hundreds, if not thousands, I've lost count now of couples and individualized I've worked with, there is this uh, pot of gold, shall we say, of the the blessings the gifts mm -hmm. the the you know the children the the memories the vacations the, the 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 those golden moments really are beautiful but then there's the uh oh and I find that most people harp on the negative when they go into the divorcing mm -hmm. conversation and they've either erased forgotten uh, negated the positive well part of it is the legal system. Because when you start a legal action, a court action, you're saying you take no responsibility for anything that happened. And you're saying everything the other person did wrong. They're 100% responsibility, 100% responsible. Yeah. So the focus is on the past and it's on what didn't work. Mm. And of course, when it's somebody you loved, that just blows up. Right. Well, I have to say, those of you listening, those of you that are listening to this um, podcast interview with Kim and I, and maybe you're in the stages of contemplating divorce, and perhaps you're really uh, staying together for the children, or you're in a very awkward place of being uncertain, and just the guilt, the shame, the regret, and all those hard uh emotions that are uh, eating away at you and, and really uh, overshadowing so much of your thought process. This is something I, I really want you to look into. Kim has this wonderful tool that you can use, how to tell your spouse your marriage is over. It's beautiful. It's well-written. It's 17 pages. I no, know no, that. it's six now. It's six oh, now. Oh, well, it used I, to I be 17. It. Well, it's six now. Still, 17 was long, but six is better. So it's six pages now. And, and if you can't read six pages to get through this, then you probably need to just stop listening to this podcast. But it, it is well worth your time because the more you craft and put in that GPS address of where you want to go, the outcome, the trajectory, and, and create the, the results that you deserve and really want, uh, the better that you're going to get. If you just, you know, trust this process and trust your spouse without doing your homework and getting organized and researched and finding the right person to help you with it, holding your hand and walking through the fire with you, 
and and making sure that you do your due diligence, mm -hmm. then you're probably going to not get the results you want. So I could not uh, speak more highly about this script that she's created. I love it. What and is the best way for people to work with you, find you, learn more about you so that they can uh, uh, soak up all of your genius? So I work strictly online. And because I'm dealing with the issues with people at a high level, I can work with somebody from anywhere. Your legal system is actually based on the same legal system as mine is, the British system. Mm, yep. Right? So, so it isn't, and when you approach it as a life event, doesn't matter where I am. Best way is my website, gentlewaydivorce.com. Love it. And there's also, there's, there's the script, but I also have a little mini course on finding the right attorney or the right lawyer with six questions you need to ask. Because as you said, Paulette, people need to find the right person to work with. They do. It's, um, well, my mother said I had to work with this attorney or my aunt Betty, you know, worked mm -hmm. with this person and she got a great result or, oh, the neighbor up the street got screwed. So don't work with that person. Or before you know it, you're taking horrible advice from either people that don't know their P's and Q's or really are giving you uh, bad advice. It's, it's a hard, confusing journey. It's a horrible, confusing time and you feel like a complete failure, right? You know that. Yeah. But, and you really need to have someone you trust. So to take the time to talk to a few different attorneys so you mm -hmm. can know, you know, because if you're working with somebody and your stomach clenches when the phone and you pick up the phone from them, that's not the right person. But there are people out there and they're really good attorneys to work with. And there's times when I send people to attorneys. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone out there is taking notes. Kim Corbin, it is um, such an honor to know you, to work with you, to learn about you, your expertise and your you're just the, your your viewpoint on the divorce process, the law, and and really wanting to make a difference in the experience and outcome that so many couples can have when they work with the right professional. So thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone. And please don't hesitate to reach out to Kim. She is there. She works with people all over, attorney, gone consultant. And if you need a script, You've got your girl. So thank you, Kim. Everybody, you. And you know, oh, my honor. And, <laughs> you know, Kim and I can kind of, we both have a similar uh, splash, splash of sarcasm in our personalities. And <laughs> I think that both keeps us sane, right, Kim? It certainly does. Because when you work in this field, you have to be knowledge, trained, resourced, certified, educated, but you always have to see that um, there's a reason and a purpose for everything. So with that said, keep thriving in the chaos and reach out to myself. You know how to find me, Paulette at Better Divorce Academy. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in and make sure if you want to talk to us or ask us questions, you can always email us at thrivinginchaos.com podcast at gmail.com. See you next week.